What? <laughs> he, just said, he, he said, wait, I gotta go take a shit. And he just left. Yes. What is good, y'all? This is not EG this time. Apollo is finally back. I heard you guys had kind of a roller coaster of an episode last time. <laughs> Don't know exactly what happened. I gotta go back and rewatch it, but apparently somebody took a shit mid podcast. Damn. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch it, but you know that's just what I was informed. But EG, he might come on here a few episodes. You know, he just gotta kind of get used to the whole podcasting thing. You can't get up and go to the bathroom when somebody's talking. (laughs) But yeah, this is the Further Beyond podcast. We come on here and talk about conspiracies every single episode. Sometimes it's true crime. Sometimes it'll be conspiracies that are a little bit scary and dark. Mine is for sure gonna be dark, so a little warning before we get to mine. Um, Pans, I really don't know much about his. I kind of, he told me the name before we started, and that's about all I know. So if his is dark, then just a little pre warning. If it's not, then hope you guys enjoy the episode. What's good, Pan? How have you been, bro? How were you last week? Uh, hi, hi. Uh, yeah, I'm chilling right now, like doing some college stuff, more or less trying to find, um, a topic for my bachelor, the- bachelor thesis. Yes. Um, yeah, I just wrote a couple emails, still no response, I'm just, I'm just waiting. Uh, a bachelor thesis, what is that? Like, it's, uh, you, you take courses for a few years, and then there's this level you reach called bachelor, um, you write, like, a, a paper, I think, around 30 pages. Jesus. And, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, thirty pages. You hopefully pass, and then you start with new courses uh, until you reach the master level, uh, and to like finish this master level at the end. And for me, like I'm studying to become a teacher. If you want to be a teacher, you need to reach master level. Uh, the paper for that level is like 60 pages, I think. Oh my god. <laughs> that ah. just sounds complicated. Nonetheless, much appreciation for Pan for being here because he is obviously going through it right now. That <laughs> just sounds crazy. And the fact that he can do all that and still come on here and record a podcast, that, that's mad props. Honestly, mad props. I appreciate that. But Pan will be going first this time. Um, he'll go ahead and tell you the theory name. Let's go ahead and get this started. What you got, Pam? Yeah, my theory, or it's not really a theory. It's something that happened like 50 years ago, 40 years ago, something around that time, uh, called the Elan School. I don't know how many of you heard about this. Uh, apparently, it was big uh, many years ago, like from 2000 to 2010, when the internet got bigger and bigger. Um in the US at least, not here in Europe. But yeah, before I actually start big warning, it's like it's I don't know what Apollo is going to talk about. Like he said the warning before starting, so I guess his might be more extreme, but mine also has like certain elements that uh, I won't be able to directly mention here, so damn. There there will be like I'm just warning y'all uh, that this might be not be all too easy for everyone. So like an all-around dark episode. All right. Yeah. Well, y'all got y'all's but warning. Yeah. Let's jump into it. 
So we start in 1970. This is where, uh, when this uh, so-called Elan School, all this whole project started. Uh, the director is called Joseph Ritchie, but honestly, the name isn't all that important right now. It's just what this school is and everything around it. So at that time, this is like, I think in the US around that time, there was this whole hippie culture, I think. So a lot of <laughs> teens were like called to troubled or problem children, problem teen. Uh, the parents often didn't know what to do. Uh, according to like, yeah, people just talking online. And this school was created uh, specifically to uh, work with these children, these problem children uh, from grade 8 to grade 12. And they had a supposed 90% success rate. And it was described Jesus. as a fun outdoor camp. You sent your children there for, I think, $50,000 as, um, as a fee to get your children there. And they, like, work with them make it all better and when the children return as i said 90 percent success rate they're all uh like happy and so on and so on they will start listening to you being uh become obedient everything the the parents at that time probably wanted all this like this like the number one thing they wanted if they had like these problem children it sounds worth it i mean fifty thousand for four years i'm pretty sure or fifty thousand a year um, I, I saw a video of the director or the one doing all the advertisement on TV saying something about $17,000 per year. So I think you, you pay 50k at the start and then yearly you pay 17000 Well, if the success rate is 90%, then that mean it sounds worth it at the end of the day. And that's like yeah, how much it, a private school costs, so... Yeah, but I mean, it was supposedly 90%. There was no actual evidence of this <laughs> being the case. They were just saying it was 90%? <laughs> what yes. the fuck? Uh, because the things that happened there, I don't know if you could even say they had a 10% success rate. What? But let's just get there. Um, right. You, as, as a parent, go to this, like, I don't know if this was a website Back in the day, I think it was, because the internet was a thing back then, only just not all too big. Uh, so you had these couple websites, or mostly flyers or advertisement on TV. All the advertisement was directed towards the parents. These parents were troubled, having trouble with their kids, and the the people at Elan School doing the advertisement really paint the parents as the victims in this situation. They are suffering because of their children, so they get this awesome chance to send their kids to this school to better them, and they come back a com like completely new people. So they say, yeah, you pay the fee, and we like fly these kids to this place. Like they said, they bring in the, a private plane or something. Uh, called it Teen Escort Service. Yeah, whatever that means. Teen Escort? Uh, Wait, yo. Wait, well, Escort so, here is kind of like prostitution, so... Yeah, yeah, but it was... Like, it's it's just a very abstract term, right? You, you, hear, you hear Teen Escort Service, what even is that? But yeah, they said 
they get there, uh, take the children with them, and then fly via plane. But as all things that are that sound so weird, this is not actually what happened because they don't tell you when they will arrive, and when they do, right. they do it at night. They get into the house. I don't know if the parents allow them in or not, but the children, uh, the teenagers, do not know about this. So at night, they get into your room, like usually two men, and kidnap you. Like, you are asleep, two men suddenly break in. <laughs> they handcuff you, physically subdue you, and put you in a van and just start driving away. Like, what? What the fuck even is that? Like, I'm, I'm saying this right now, and I'm getting, like, creeped out. Because. Parents would uh, pay for this? Yes, but, but <laughs> of, of, of course, the parents, um, they were not told that this were, was to happen <laughs> this way. Uh, so I don't know. Crazy. So I don't know, even though, if, like, did the parents let them into the house? Or did they just break in? Who knows? I assume the parents let them in because breaking in would be a crime. Um, and so, uh, apparently, nothing that they ever did was against the law at that time. So, apparently, there were no laws against all the <laughs> things they did, so it was all legal. Just the parents allowed them to take the children. The children had no say in it. They just break in. Whoops. The the girl. Uh, a lot of girls also said that they at that time thought they were about to you know what and because yeah. yeah two men just break in like this is giving you straight up ptsd for life Fuck. but yeah they just arrive take you of course with a van off you go and you and they drop you off at the school the school itself the, this campus is very secluded from everything else like from society it's close to the woods nothing else close by and almost no way really to escape because like it's it's almost like it also uh, almost feels like um, these german concentration camps back in world war Two. you really had no way to escape because people were watching you wherever you went but new new children that like came in there were instantly or like after a day or two uh, put into one of two groups and this is like i think important to just to know uh, the first group being called strengths these are the children that are obedient uh, and compliant they listen to you they are not doing anything um that annoys the the staff and yeah, they get into the strength group, and the people that uh, resist the treatment are called non-strengths. Uh, it's important to know that strengths are have these like have certain perks. Not like they are allowed to talk to anyone whenever they want, or mostly whenever they want. And non-strengths, uh, they are not allowed to talk to other non-strengths. And what? if they do, there's harsh punishment. So instantly you have these kids that don't know each other put into two separate groups, one being better than the other. You There's instantly like a, a conflict going on between people you don't even know. Because why are they allowed to do, to do things I'm not allowed to? 
Yeah, like uh, but the harsh put in like some yeah. sort of like caste system or something like that. Exactly. And uh, what this harsh punishment is, I'm getting uh, there later because the whole punishment thing in this school is also very complex. Um, but yeah, contact to the outside world is very limited. If you want to do a call, and not everyone is allowed to, obviously, only those who are doing well for a long time, like they are considered worthy of being able to like call their parents or write a letter. But everything you write, everything you want to send out, or if you want to call anyone, is being monitored. Like it all goes to one place, they hear everything you say, and you are only allowed to say good things if you do so. They also um, force you sometimes, or forced you, past tense, to write these guilt letters. These letters um, containing, like, you just uh, telling your parents that, yeah, everything is great, like, I'm, I'm learning so much stuff. So the parents don't get worried or or start asking questions. What? So this, this is all just controlling them. You are not able to do anything to get to the outside world. I mean, the internet wasn't big at that time, so no chance. And now, the rulebook. It, it was called Guild. And this rulebook is, I mean, very detailed, let's say, let's say it like this. I have this screenshot in front of me. It, it, it's not like the whole book, it's only like 30 rules or 20 rules, I think. Let me just read you a couple of them. All right. These actions are forbidden. Having an image, that means having a personality, more or less. What? That's the first rule? Yes. <laughs> reading uh, reading as a non-strength. Not, com uh, you know, not completing learning experiences. Writing without permission. Being quote-unquote sideways, whatever that means. What the fuck? Looking at security zones, non-strength interacting, talking too loudly, talking too softly, looking at the opposite gender, being attracted to someone, any physical contact, looking out the windows, unauthorized drawing, not listening to higher-ups, pretending to sleep at night. This list goes on and on, like Oversleeping, undersleeping, fucking smiling is that not is allowed. You can't do anything. Yeah, talking too much, uh, wearing dark clothing. Um, even it says thinking of running away. <laughs> or... How would they know that? <laughs> exactly. This is the thing. This list goes on and on. This list was specifically made so the people, so the children break these rules by accident. Because if you do, uh, you get punished. Like, and like, I think it's uh, like certain rules have light punishments, and others have like heavy punishments. But certain teens are assigned. I don't know the exact term. Like, they had a specific term for this in the school. But certain teens are chosen uh, to be the ones checking everyone whether they like follow these rules or not they get these lists like these clipboards and they have the task to fill out this clipboard they have to catch people um not following the rules so obviously if they are not able to see anyone like 
have no they they don't actually see anyone breaking the rules they start um filling their lists themselves like they make shit up like for example looking out windows or even like one of these is very like easy to just fake looking at the opposite gender or looking someone uh, in the eyes for too long you can just write it down like yeah john looked at the opposite gender <laughs> damn he already broke a rule and this john dude is getting punished uh, no and the way. punishments like the lighter punishments were something like they had to wear humiliating signs like these uh, on the upper body saying like insults and all like i'm a piece of trash whatever right uh not gonna say all these insults because <laughs> some of them are insulting obviously um also some uh, children had to wear uh, clothing like rabbit suits and had cuffs around their uh, their feet uh, or straight up diapers what uh, or do humiliating jobs like cleaning all the toilets with a toothbrush but these punishments are on the lighter side because those are the light punishments yes because if you piss off a staff member and this the guy just feels like it he can start a general meeting they literally just scream general meeting and everyone at the school has to stop what they are doing at any good time and all meet up where this where the admin is like the the one the person calling in this meeting they all gather together in this place form a circle the one person being punished stands in the middle and the admin just says get your feelings off and all the people around them start bombarding with them with slurs screaming oh at them starting God. mental torture until the admin stops it like the admin yeah i think that's enough the 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 kids usually just lie on the floor crying like completely broken down they're like yeah that's enough i think i think you get the point no um, way that's fucking crazy yeah it's all just made to break people and after all of this like this is a regular day you of course have class time from 7 p.m. to 11 yeah, p.m. Right. <laughs> at fucking almost midnight um, you have class time no special courses or anything you just get textbook work uh, after a nice full day of humiliation hard labor because everyone of course has to work uh, if they're not being punished um, and this is like this whole class time thing was made like according to the director because students are easier to be controlled when they are tired so Jesus Christ. they just sit there in the class and the teacher makes them like tells them whatever he wants they are too, way too tired to think correctly they just believe him or listen to to every, everything he says but then you think okay 11 p.m day day is over i can sleep now uh of course this also obviously won't be that easy because in every room there are multiple designated students walking around with flashlights checking uh, regularly whether you are actually asleep or just pretending or whether you escaped uh, because don't forget pretending to be asleep is also one of those rules that you could break 
So you are not a allowed to pretend to sleep. If you do, they write it down. Punishment for the next day, probably. <laughs> this all was not even the highest level of punishment. Because the highest level of punishment that I'm about to present, uh, they call it the ring, is definitely a couple levels above this. They call it the ring. Similar thing like the general meeting. It can happen at any given point in time. The admin just says, yup, we're starting the ring. Everyone gather here in the circle. The problem team uh, is called the bully and gets gloves and a face guard. And the admin chooses students to have a fist fight with this bully, with this problem kid. And until the admin stops all of this, this fight continues. Like these Jesus. fights, these fights go on until these children, like a lot of them, had permanent brain damage, PTSD, and some of them even died. Like yeah. they, they fought. Like there is a story of um, a kid who grew up in a very violent household. So of course he, he had the tendencies. Uh, the parents didn't really care for him, just sent him into the school. The kid had a lot of anger in, in him, and when these fights happened, he usually fought until the very end, like until he really fell down, no energy. And at one point, he fell down, unconscious. Um, the They didn't help him for 20 minutes. Only after 20 minutes, he got help. They sent him away, and he never returned. He just died of, I think, a brain um, aneurysm, I think it's called. Yes. What, what do the this parents is... do? Bro, the parents do not know anything about this all happening. And I think you, it's, easy, it's, it's pretty easy to fake letters or anything. What? To, just, to just say, yeah, nothing happens here. So they and... were just like disappear and then like have the letters be like yeah i'm moving to minnesota and probably just gonna start a life there i would think so what and even the... then uh it was said that there were researchers like a couple i think 12 12 researchers journalists went there to check multiple times but they always left empty-handed because of course they say yeah on that day i'm coming like just just checking it out and for this day they act like everything is normal everything is like happy-go-lucky so no nothing came out to the outside world these Out children fucking crazy yeah these children fucking die they're fighting because of of a of some punishment like one of the staff members is like yeah i'm feeling like uh like it's it's a good time for the ring right i i want to see some kids fight there you go uh, and the admin only stops it when he thinks the kid was sufficiently injured. Um, I mean, yeah, of course, death is probably sufficient. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking wild. Um, yeah, but no charges were ever filed against them for, for the deaths. Even after all of this came out. Um, because, as I said at the beginning, apparently at that time, no laws said that the operation they were doing was illegal in any way the parents allowed the kids to go there this is all called treatment and the treatment was just taking effect according to the director um 
I don't even know how that would work, really, because there were people dying, and, and when this came out, how could there be no charges? Whatever. The, the, they just, the parents really allowed them to do everything, basically. Uh, had to be, because otherwise I don't see this ever, like, working. But now, also important to, uh, to note, I think the only reason why the story started to get big was because a few students were able to escape. Uh, I think there were three cases uh, recorded at, uh, at like different times. Um, and they, of course, when they escaped, were able to tell the story. This got bigger over time. But the, the stories of these SKPs is also pretty sad. If you, and one of them is the reason I, I did the warning uh, at the beginning. Yeah. But that, yeah. But the the first the first student that escaped, name we don't know the name. It was just uh, a guy, I think. Uh, he ran for fifteen miles th uh, through the Fuck. woods. A police officer found him, saw his condition, heard what he had to say, and was like, "I'd I'm gonna break you. Uh, I'm a bring you back home. Right? Everything is good." Uh, after some time, like he was safe. The student went to a to the home of a girl he knew that also went to the school, and when he was about to like he was about to enter, I I can't tell you why, but for some reason, the homeowner just shot him. What? He he just wanted to warn the parents, like according to the police, like probably just went like wanted to go there like knocking on the door the homeowner just fucking blasts him and i was like what this what this got to be like the most american thing i've ever heard but i assume this is of course nothing that happens on the regular hell no uh, uh, i don't know why the home homeowner did this do they even care about their their daughters still being there who knows this is just a tragic incident and the second case, being a girl that escaped and a trucker found her, he promised her to get her home safely because he listened to her story, but his real intentions were different and I don't want to mention anything. This is why I did the warning. I think you know what he might have done to her. Unfortunately. But yeah, but at the end, she was found dead. Uh, he apparently dumped her body somewhere. Um, but a another driver, I don't know if this was the same night, but someone else was able to find the body and also tire tracks. Um, the FBI got involved, f uh, found this trucker, and they only were able to arrest the guy because in this truck they were able to find a single blonde hair. Damn. Uh, and they did the analysis, it was the girl that was died there so just like this gotta be like some high level detective work finding like a single s hair somewhere in this truck yeah one strand that's crazy yeah imagine without it he would just be like walking around still to this day probably uh, the third case I don't got any info on it but uh, from what I understood it was 
a regular successful case. So the third guy was actually able to get home safely. And this, I think the third escape is the reason why this story slowly got bigger and bigger. Um, and at one point, after like many years, the director, Richie, uh, got lung cancer, karma, I think, uh, and his wife had to take over this whole project. She did a couple changes, like the ring, this whole fistfight thing, was ab uh, abolished, like it was gone, but everything else, or most things, stayed the same. So barely <laughs> anything really changed. Yes. Um, but this was uh, happening when the rise of the internet finally started, and people were able to tell the whole story online, like the the escapees, people that I think finished the school, like after a, a certain amount of years, you of course get to leave. And now with the internet, you get to tell the story uh, worldwide, everyone listening, uh, hearing about this. And this went on until the school was bombarded with so, ma uh, so much criticism in newspapers, uh, online posts, television, uh, that the wife made the statement, I don't have the exact wording right now, but she basically just said the school was attacked by false statements online and wasn't able to survive the damage and therefore had to close. Good riddance. So everything that was said online, according to her, was false. The school is all good, but all this hate online... These, these damn haters this is why the school had to close yeah, right. I'm very sorry <laughs> yeah but at that time everyone knew what was really going on there and why they closed like who are you fooling with this statement <laughs> um, there surprisingly like to this day there are still uh, posts made from time to time and some students there are a few students who say this treatment there helped them like, these were probably the students that rarely ever got, like, this heavy punishment or just, I don't know why they say they, it helped them, but some do. Like, I think one of them even did a documentary uh, on this whole thing, uh, saying, yeah, it helped me, but it most of the, the kids going there, uh, it only made them worse. Like, it broke them mentally, physically sometimes, uh, and to this day, there are still people... Um, having PTSD, having these uh, effects from this project, still not able to fully recover. And I think they will um, never really be able to recover after something like this. Like, how long would it, is, is something like this usually t uh, going on? Like, four years, I think, you get sent there? And four years daily torture? <sighs> I'm just like... I'm, I don't, I don't even know all the words right now to story. say... Like that is like they, absolutely they, insane. This this you could even go way deeper because the people that work there also have a very shady past and some of the students going there also um got these got the like dark pasts like the there were I think there was a famous case of an 18-year-old going there and bragging about him assaulting someone uh bragging and yes and this all uh got the police on a case that happened in the past but there was no evidence on it like 
the br older brother of this 18 year old did a crime he himself this brother did a crime the dad also like drunk driving or something uh, and other like criminal activities and this whole family for uh, somehow um i think got arrested or there was evidence because this 18 year old went there uh, bragging about his his past crimes and what his brother uh, did in the past and all of this so i guess one thing positive out of these thousand non-positives yeah the but one yeah. positive that camp is just like you just hear something sometimes and you're at a loss for words that is fucking crazy like how did this go on for so long yeah the scary thing is this is like not the only place stuff like this happened uh, these types of schools were pretty famous, I think, or or a good way to make money, I assume, uh, at a time like this, uh, in the 80s, or 70s, 80s, around that time, because, like, parents had trouble with their teens. At the, I don't know why exactly. They still do to this day, act, like, definitely, but um, according to the post I read, this time was, like, very heavy on the parents, so uh, a lot of schools opened just for this just just to better the children and i don't know like a few of them might be legit but there's also uh schools that to this day still go on like there are still uh, this industry like the the betterment of problem children is still present to this day and we of course don't know what happens at every school out there because like with the Elan school, journalists went there to check and they never found anything because the Elan school is just prepared for these kind of situations. And the, the people working there are all usually very charismatic, like they know what to say. There are television broadcasts where they go on television and easily just say... Um, yeah, everything is awesome, nothing to worry about, and people believe them because they are—they just know what they are doing. This is all a huge cult that they are running. Uh, we don't know if something like a land school or even worse is still going on, but I wouldn't put uh, put it past them uh, to make money in any way. They like, they just want to control children and make money at the same time easily. Yeah, As this is. Yeah, this is what they could still do to this day. Yeah, and it's like, you never... I mean, if they're that good at hiding it, I'm pretty sure they've gotten... There's probably some things out there that are even better at hiding it. might still be going on today. We just have never heard about it. That's yeah. fucking... Yeah, some, the fact that the parents would just willingly... The fact that the parents would pay for their kids to go there. 50000 to just get your kid beat up every day. That's crazy. Yeah, and the kids have no say in it. Like, they don't know that they get taken away. Yeah, they get kidnapped. Yes. Crazy. No, I... Parents don't even need to give a lot of information. Like, they, they only give their, probably, like, address, the money, maybe the, the email address or the telephone number, and then, yeah, off you go, kid. Yeah, they must not care about their kids whatsoever if they're doing stuff like that. Yeah. Saying like this is all for for your betterment. This is all a fun camp, right? <laughs> then they just send them Hell off. Hell no! <laughs> God damn! <laughs> I'd resent my parents for the rest of my life. Like if I got out of there 
with no PTSD, I'd probably be like severely lucky, but I'd hate my parents forever. Like there's yeah, definitely. no way. Fuck. That that's I can't even. Well, my story's not that dark. <laughs> it's, it's definitely. Oh. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it definitely has some dark themes to it, like the overall case. But it's not. It's not that dark. It's more of just like a. I just love stories that have stupid cops in it. Like it just. Oh. <laughs> so, it's more of a story of like um dark themes for sure deals with the death of a child so that's kind of what makes it dark unfortunately but um yeah we can go ahead and start that i think you're done with your story that's that's a sad story man yeah fuck so my my uh it's actually real life thing so it's not even a theory my story today is the boy in the box this actually took place in february of 1957 so probably about 70 years ago, 60 years ago. Both of ours kind of take place in the same era, I'm pretty sure. Damn. Um, the dark age. Yeah, the dark age. No <laughs> internet, and you can basically just get away with anything because nobody can find out anything. But um, this place, this takes place in Philadelphia in 1957. The story starts off in a heavily forested area. Someone found a body inside of a cardboard box, which was placed inside of a bassinet dresser. Which is basically like one of those big dresses that had like the open swinging doors and you can fit a lot of stuff in there like clothes and stuff like that. Well in this one there was a cardboard box that contained the body of a six year old. Damn. Yes. So um, this body was first discovered. I say first because it was discovered twice technically. Uh, this body was first discovered by a man named John Stashwiak. I'm sorry if I pronounce his name wrong but that's just how it's spelled. Um, he was checking his hunting traps and he said he did not want to report the body because he didn't want the police to take his like confiscate his hunting traps so he found the body of a six-year-old was like oh shit closed it back and then just went on with his day how can you do something like that (laughs) i have no idea he was more concerned about like the food and stuff inside of his traps than the body of a six-year-old i guess the body was discovered a second time by a college student named frank in which he reported the body reluctantly. So even he was kind of like, he saw the body and was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But then Mm -hmm. eventually he heard like the story of a missing woman and like went to the police and decided to report the body. Um, The body was of a six-year-old, as I said. The boy's hair had been cut recently, so they think it was cut post-mortem, like after the child died. Um, Severe signs of malnourishment, and there were surgical scars on his ankle and groin. It didn't exactly go into detail what the scars were, but it definitely placed heavy, heavy like evidence that there was somebody cutting into his ankles and groin for whatever reason. Hmm. There was also an L-shaped scar underneath his chin. Um, have no idea what that could have possibly been, but it sounds like there was stuff being removed and taken out of his body for whatever reason. Um, this is where the story gets very, very mysterious. So the boy's fingerprints were taken. You know, his face was put up on TV, like the the usual stuff, newspaper. It was actually a very, very yeah. widespread story. Um, it was placed everywhere, fingerprints, everything, because they wanted, to, of course, to find out exactly who this child was. The mysterious part is nobody came out. Not one person was like, oh, that's my child. Oh, I know that kid. Nobody knew who this boy was. Either that or they just didn't want to come out and speak up about it. Um... They eventually had to keep going like deeper and deeper, try to find out, who the, figure out who this boy was. They combed over the entire area more than ten times, 
but couldn't find any evidence other than like a few child items that may or may not have been attached to the kid and like a blue baseball cap that belonged to a man or something. They combed the area over and over. They eventually found a photo of the boy. I don't know if this is... It didn't explain exactly where they found the photo, but I'm pretty sure it had to have been inside the woods or else they wouldn't have found it. Yeah. Um, so they found a photo. They were able to put that on TV and put that inside newspapers and stuff. Nobody still came forward. Even having a picture of the boy like before he died and you know exactly what he looks like, still nobody came forward. Um... They released his case file to the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. Nobody came forward. So this is like reaching national level at this point. It's not only inside Philadelphia. It's like reaching all over the United States. Still nobody's coming. To this day, this case has been unsolved and they still cannot identify who exactly that boy was. Hmm. That's the weird part. This case was in 1957. And still to 2021, nobody knows who the fuck that kid was. Nobody came forward. Nobody said anything. But there are a few theories and there are a few cases that they almost found out who he was. So um, as they're doing their research, they decided to go check this orphanage that was about a mile and a half up the road. It was very close to where the body was found. They found so much evidence in this place that they were for certain where this kid came from. Um, inside the foster home, there were the same dressers that they found the body in, the same bassinet, same everything. Um, there were also similar clothes hanging up around the place where, like, where the body had been wrapped in. So I guess the body that they, had, the clothes that they had found the body wrapped inside, were also similar to the ones that were inside the orphanage. So we have same bassinets, same clothes. Um, and they were for certain that the child belonged to the stepdaughter of the man that owned the foster home. So they kept trying to get all this evidence together. But they ended up dropping that case solely because they couldn't find a definite link from that child to the foster home. They couldn't confirm that that was the stepdaughter's kid. They couldn't confirm from any records that he actually lived there at one point. No evidence of any like hair strands, anything. So they had to drop the, that case completely, unfortunately. So, back to zero, back to square zero. They have nothing, no evidence, still don't know who this kid is, don't know why the fuck he was inside the woods inside of a cardboard box, nothing. Um, the investigation went closed until 2002, so like a whole like 50 years later. Mm-hmm. A woman came forward by the name of Martha, they referred to her as M for some reason. So M came forward and said, I know exactly where that kid came from. Um, my mother is actually the one that bought that kid. The word bought was in quotation marks. So I have no idea what the fuck, like, where do you buy a kid from? I guess, <laughs> I'm guessing from, I'm hoping from an orphanage, but she, she has said that's where they um, bought the kid from. Um, they sat her down and she told a long winded story about what exactly happened. So they, she said she knows the boy. My mother bought him and his name is Jonathan. Um, She came forward and said that the mother had sexually assaulted, physically abused the boy for almost three years straight. So, I mean, I guess you guys can kind of put two and two together what she was doing to the boy as in sexually assaulted. But physically abused, um, she would hit the boy every single day for any mistake he made. Um, If he didn't finish his food, 
If he looked at it the wrong way, she would just physically abuse him every single day for three years. Um, one night, after the three years was up, the boy threw up his baked beans. I guess he was eating his food and he accidentally threw up on the table. And she beat him relentlessly. Just over and over again, punched him, smacking him, everything until eventually he went unconscious. Um, she went to the shower, I guess, to bathe him off, bathe off all the blood and bruises and stuff like that. And he died inside the bathtub that night. Well, these details matched up perfectly to information that only the cops knew. And whenever that usually something like that happens and they know it's like a for sure story. Like if you if a person comes to them with yeah. the with information that they haven't released, then this is for sure. Like, okay, this is what happened then. Um, they said that the doctor had found baked beans inside the boy's stomach. And they had found wrinkles on the boy's hands. So they know that he died inside the water. And they know that the last thing he ate was baked beans. Perfect story. Okay, we finally found out this is what it is. Uh, Martha had allegedly helped bury the boy. Put him inside the cardboard box inside the bassinet and put him inside the woods. Out of all of this evidence, they still couldn't verify this woman's story. Only because she had a past with mental illness. They went into mm. her medical records. Um, I think cases of schizophrenia came up. Mental illness cases that they, of course, cannot verify. Like she, they, I guess with mental illness, police kind of assume that they're making stuff up, I'm pretty sure. Um, along with their mental illness, the neighbors came out and apparently verified that a kid had never lived inside that residence ever. Which, of course, that can be explained by them just not ever letting the kid outside, which I don't know why they really took that into account. Um, mental illness. The neighbors never confirmed that kid lived there. And just all around, they couldn't they couldn't directly link the kid to that house, just like with the orphanage. Sorry, sorry, police work. Um, it has been 65 years to this day. And they still haven't announced, or they still haven't identified the boy's name, why he was inside the forest that night, who put him there, and where he even comes from. 65 years later. Fuck. It's it's just an all-around crazy story. I did have sort of a short one today, but this just this story was just too. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, how do you? How do you go 65 years and let a case like this just be cold? That could have been somebody's child. Hopefully it wasn't the child of the mother that was physically and sexually abusing him every yeah. single day. But it's just a wild story because I just, there's so many cases like this. I mean, we've done stories on like the CDD and stuff like that where just cases just won't be solved because they can't find evidence. Um, you even have a case like this where evidence leaks up perfectly. Like they know his last meal was the baked beans. They know he died inside the bathtub, but since she has mental illness, they just scrapped the entire evidence. It's yeah, you like, like you said that they they tried to find the like the parents or anyone that knew the child multiple times. No one came forward, and I was like thinking like, yeah, it might have been an orphan. And then you say, yeah, orphanage like close by, and I'm like, damn, my my theory might be correct. Uh, everything is lining up like the first time and he, like with the with this this mother abusing the child like the second time that's the second time the evidence 
uh, matches almost perfectly or straight up perfectly um, but there's always this one thing that is missing um, and if this mother this I mean I'm, I'm calling her mother but I wouldn't I wouldn't even say mother the 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 woman that came went to the police used the term bought I don't know if you even say like I bought this child if you adopt a kid from an orphanage Fuck. is this something that that you would even say like sounds um, sounds colloquially insulting to say I, I bought this child so um, in America you technically you technically do buy the kid from the orphanage I'm pretty sure there's a lot of money like handed around like they give you some money throughout yeah. the years but you have to buy it from them originally but I don't know why she, I mean maybe she just only looked at the kid as like some sort of property um my final theory with this why not both honestly why couldn't it have been a kid was in the orphanage getting abused there um the bassinets of course are there the clothing of course is there the woman comes obtains the kid from the orphanage abuses him for three straight years there accidentally kills him goes to the orphanage to see like what do i do you know i killed the kid that you guys gave me you know we could both get in trouble for this i guess uh maybe they get scared give her the bassinet she puts the boy inside the cardboard box then puts it in the bassinet they put it inside the woods and they both try their hardest to cover up the story completely i mean the evidence lines up with both theories correctly i've never seen a theory yes. where like all the evidence lines up completely. I mean, it's usually like a some outlandish theory, like aliens came down and like probed him or something and put him in the woods or some shit like that. Um, I've never seen a theory where like all evidence lines up to be true. So at this point, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking that both theories may be true and it just lines up in like a timeline of some sort. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be the work of anyone that knows what they are doing like this is not professional work this is definitely um i think someone that just killed this child for um like dumb reasons like this this abuse thing this is not something that the kid ever deserved obviously and then the mother if we are going with this theory um killed the child left it there when uh, dipped no one knows where the uh, who who did it I wonder if nowadays something like this could work that that easily because I think now you would it, it would be like easier to to see or spot people doing something like this or it would be easier to find evidence like I I can when 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 I hear cases like these uh, or like this one I instantly like think that this gotta have happened uh, before the year 2000 like mm -hmm. 50 60 years ago because nowadays i don't know there are, of course there are still similar cases going on because why wouldn't they um but i think it, it, i think if this if if this woman would have killed this child today she would probably had gotten caught here's the interesting part so um, as they were putting the body away, like putting it inside the forest, a man actually drove by on a motorcycle and was like, hey, do you got any help? Because obviously mm -hmm. he thought they were doing something else and he was just being a good Samaritan. Um, 
the Martha woman like had to cover for her mom was like, oh no, we're good, you know, thank you, I appreciate that. And like he kept like pestering and pestering and you know, eventually she got him to drive away. Well, this story actually lined up with like somebody that came to the police and was like, yeah, you know, I saw I saw people putting the body in there and I tried to help them. So even that, like that, everything yeah. lined up perfectly. So I mean, like, it's like we know, we know exactly who did it and what happened and like who's all connected. But like, since so much stuff is discredited through like mental illness and the neighbors not ever knowing that a child lived there, then it's just automatically just gets thrown mm-hmm. away or scrapped. Yeah. I already know if, if something something like um, the Death Note were to be real, uh, this this woman would have died instantly. Like, like this this like you personally, you would instantly think, yeah, she has to be the culprit. And maybe this is premature. I don't know because what if she wasn't the killer? Maybe it was all actually like a very well thought out case the one person that the person that killed the child really planned everything out and this woman was just unlucky to be in the spotlight of all this uh, all this mess but Uh, yeah nonetheless uh very very like definitely a weird case Uh, reminds me of the the case you told uh you told on here like two weeks ago i think where the the woman also like there was evidence, and still, uh, no one yeah, was Casey found Anthony. guilty. Yes. Yeah, these these childhood cases. Like I, I feel like there's kind of a, a justice in at least speaking about the case because not many people have heard about it. Of course, we didn't really look into it on CDD and stuff like that. So you know, yeah. at least at least like bringing the case to light to kind of just like there are children out there that probably are still not found and not identified and. I I have really believed that something like this could probably still happen today. Mm-hmm. Like if nobody if nobody genuinely knows who the kid is, which inside orphanage is it's not really an abnormal thing for like people's information to get lost and nobody to really know somebody's true name. Because um, orphanage is like a still it's still like a rough thing inside America. Like you can literally do. You can lose everything inside an orphanage just because you're a kid and like they don't care about you and they lose your information or something and social yeah. security and stuff. So I mean, it, it could probably still happen today, but you know, unfortunately, this kid never was found out. Um, even though there was evidence pointing to what could have happened, I don't know if they ever plan on reopening the case. But the last bit of information came in 2002, which was like 20 years ago. So I mm-hmm. really doubt it, unfortunately. Damn, 2002 was 20 years ago. I feel old again. <laughs> For real? I felt weird <laughs> 20, saying that. Like, yeah, 2002 feels like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, like, like fairly uh, I recent. Like, um, Interstellar just like trapped inside that box, watching <laughs> days go by. <laughs> we need to like yeah. do like a whole episode on Interstellar because that's technically you can have some theories out of that. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, well, that has been today's two theories. Tardig, like, bring you guys, you know, hopefully I didn't, like, bring you down or anything and make you sad. Uh, we both had some pretty dark theories. Pan, Pan, definitely. This might have been your darkest theory to date, I think. You think? I think so. I don't remember all the theories I presented, but, yeah, this is, if this is not the darkest, it's definitely top three. Yeah, 
Pan finally joining the dark side. I'm, Damn. <laughs> pulled him over <laughs> here. <laughs> All right, well, like I say every single week, I'll try to do a lighter theory next week. <laughs> the, the dark one is just too, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I have to talk about them, like the Russian sleep experiment and Casey Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, they're definitely interesting. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, we have Panicata here. We have Apollo. You guys have a re- nice rest of your week, and we'll see you guys next week.